Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crack and One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crack and One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Daniel. And I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet just can't get enough of, it's nerds who are slightly inebriated talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. Today, we are very excited to share our initial reactions and theories for The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 4. So this was written by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, directed by Carl Weathers. Legend. Uh, Great show in Carl. So uh, this is your official spoiler warning for this episode and all things Star Wars. So if you're ready, stop playing around with those crabs and get back to work as we discuss Chapter 20, The Foundling. All right, let's punch it with our episode recap. We open at the Covert's Mystery Planet base where the Mandalorians are training. For some reason, they're firing blaster shots into the lake, even though the blaster packs are not unlimited. Plus, well, so you guys know... You know, like, what lives in that lake? Why are you tempting fate? Uh, there's real. some other combat. Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe a little bit smarter. Right after we shoot our blasters into this lake, let's have another baptism ceremony in it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So other combat training is happening, including jetpack test and hand-to-hand techniques. Grogu sits by the water, seemingly training with the Force, but actually, he's just messing around with the adorable little hermit crabs. Mm-hmm. Though maybe he was drawing them closer to him with the force. Um, or was he looking for a snack? Who knows? Uh, Boy needs his nutrition. That's yeah. true. Din says Grogu needs to join the training and duel Ragnar, the foundling from episode one. The kid thinks Grogu is too young to fight, but Din begs to differ. Bo-Katan assures Grogu that he can do it, and the two kiddos face off. Ragnar gets shot, uh, gets two shots on Grogu. You know, Grogu's just kind of standing there. But then the little <laughs> like a guy sack does of potatoes. His... He just didn't understand. Like, what? Yeah. What is this? He's like, oh, I'm allowed to do what I do. I think he was he a little needs... reluctant too. He like, do yeah, I do yeah. I have to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh we're doing this in public. Uh, but yeah, he gets a little pep talk from dad, and then all of a sudden Grogu's doing his flipping around and then lands his three shots uh that he still had on Ragnar. And so Ragnar sulks off, uh, you know, because he just got beaten by a little potato sack. <laughs> and then uh, Drogon's little brother comes <laughs> flying out of nowhere and grabs Ragnar. That was wild. <laughs> I was, was just not out of nowhere. Yeah, I was it like, was so happy. Like, like okay, okay, fucking dragon, <laughs> let's go. Like Rodan, I guess this is what we're doing. We're going a, a Gojira kind of situation. Yeah. So Bo chases the beast in her ship. As the Mando's jetpacks run out of fuel, because of course they do. She follows the creature. What do you to mean, of course lair. they do? This is the first time that has ever I happened. Know. <laughs> Only they, of course they do, because they had to at this point. So I just have to say <laughs> this. Paz Vizsla says, Oh, I ran out of fuel. 
it always gets away. Mm -hmm. So then why did you get in your jetpack? If it always gets away, you know there are two ships there, Paz. Why don't you just be like, okay, you guys run to the ships. <laughs> what are what are we doing? Bo is the only one thinking right now. Go on, Colleen. I'm oh, so sorry. And that is why she should be the leader of the Mandalorians. That's fine. So... You know, she follows the creature to its lair. She's able to brief the others on how best to attack its nest. Paz Vizsla notes that this has happened for to other foundlings. What the fuck? You still haven't moved planets. I don't understand. <laughs> like, what is happening? Their numbers are pretty strong considering Look, they're getting eaten like every other day. I will say this. It has been a staple of Mandalorian culture in the past to test your strength, especially in some of the older public stories. They go to a planet with tons of like murderous fauna yeah but like, they just yeah. like stay there for a little bit they don't live there <laughs> but you know you gotta test your strength you gotta and build yourself probably, up uh, probably a little better trained these are like yeah children. but here's the thing you sacrifice some children if they were gonna make it they would have made it listen daniel this you is don't not want the weak Jedi. children in the covert <laughs> this you is not the Jedi. Children this in is, the covert this is the mandalorian <laughs> this is space sparta Kick the baby off the mountain if it's not going to raise the shield. Oh my god! I people don't let that. Daniel babysit your children. No, I would never do that because I I actually love babies. Like, no, I'm not going to hurt a baby. Oh baby, just you know, metaphorically, kick the baby off the mountain. Yeah, don't kick the baby. Okay, so the Mandos devise the plan and sneak up to the creature's nest, which is high atop a mountain. Kind of looks like devil's tower situation going on there mm -hmm. Paz Vizsla though of course moves into action too fast once they reach the nest upsetting the trio of really adorably ugly baby raptors <laughs> like some kind yes. of combination of like adorable puppy things and the monsters from the dark crystal yes <laughs> So mm, the sketchies. Yeah, the <laughs> maybe maybe I'm showing my age here, but I saw them and I was like, okay, this is like the ugly beginning stage Pokemon, and then the <laughs> Raptor Mom is like the thick ass uh third evolution. Like that's what I saw right there. I was like, oh, just gotta get that bitch to level 36, and we're gonna have an amazing raptor. I also saw like the, the little baby dinosaur in Jurassic Park, the first one when yeah. it comes right yes. out. Yeah. The little baby raptor. Yes. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, the lethal at eight weeks, and I do mean lethal. So <laughs> the mama shows up, spits up Ragnar, who is shockingly not covered in goo, but and I mean, alive. And alive. Yeah, I mean, or also like not partially digested. Yeah, it's, we're just going to let that go because they obviously yeah. have. Mama tries to feed him to the babies. However, she gets attacked. She flies away from the Mandos with Ragnar and a very thrilling chase ensues. Yes. Eventually, the Mandos are able to save Ragnar and the Mama plummets into the lake. So while There's always this... another bigger fish. Yes. So while this is going on, I mean, she gets eaten via... The, the dino lizard comes girl. up and just yeah. straight up snatches her. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and the babies are suddenly like, what, what happened to mama? Yeah. But while all this is going on, the armorer has a little chat with Grogu. She brings him into the forge and says, you know, you're getting to a point where I can make you a piece of armor. You know, you'll you'll grow into it, kid. It, it's yeah. fine. Like, have you seen Yoda? Nope. Well, <laughs> 
as she's kind of forging whatever this is going to be, Grogu's looking into the flames, hearing the clank, and he has a big flashback to Order 66 and his escape from a temple. And we finally get the answer of who actually rescued him. As several Jedi fell, trying to protect him on his way out, Jedi Master Kelleran Beck. Mm-hmm. We will absolutely touch more on him later. Yes. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but Master Beck manages to escape the temple, make his way through Coruscant with Grogu, with help, and get off planet with help from the Royal Naboo Guard. Mm. Again, more on that in a little bit. <laughs> and he also does all of this in style. Yeah, he looks great doing it. This is like Mace fails completely with the Emperor at this moment. Kelleran Beck like succeeds all of our expectations. Like he is fantastic. No notes for Kelleran Beck. He's doing great. Uh, and he speeds away from the planet as the temple is officially conquered and fell. <laughs> yeah. Upon returning to the covert, Mando shows the armor that they didn't leave the baby raptors to die, you know, yeah, without yeah. a mother. They <laughs> captured them and brought them back to the camp because, you know, they're foundlings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. War beast. Let's go. So hopefully they will grow into some loyal steeds. Yeah. Now, Bo's armor needs some repair after this rescue mission. The And the armor is like, OK, I'll, you know, do you want like your night owl insignia on your new shoulder plates? And Bo's like, well, could I get like, could I get the night owl on one? And then a mythosaur on the other. By the way, I saw a mythosaur. And the armor's like, oh, that sounds are you that sounds like that sounds like an amazing vision. I'm glad that you've been blessed with these dreams. And Bo is just like, no, no, no. I I actually saw a mythosaur. And the armor is just like, oh, cool. This is the way. Sure. Sure you did. So that (laughs) reminded me of uh it felt like Bo was on mushrooms allegedly, mm-hmm. and um, the armor was just listening to her rambles and like, yeah. "Oh, you saw a mythosaur, lovely, yeah. yes, like her yes. therapist." <laughs> Have oh, you're that you're so regal and wonderful for having that vision. I'm so proud of you. Like, mm, good job, <laughs> kiddo. Like, yeah, she was not buying it. I don't think. <laughs> I I have questions about that here in a little bit, but. Yeah. That's where the episode ends. It was a pretty short episode, only about yeah. 30 minutes. Uh, Colleen, what did you think of it? Well, for everyone who was really salty about last week's episode, this one was for you. I enjoyed it, but it definitely felt like a connective tissue episode. My favorite part was the stuff with Grogu back during Order 66. You can tell that we're building towards Bo's eventual leadership of the Covert, but this is like a big clashing of ideals, especially with the armorer there being like, whatever, Grandma, whatever you saw, I guess it was real. (laughs) Like, whatever you believe is real is real, sweetie. (laughs) This is some weird power dynamics going on, and I really hope that they get to that and like adjust to that kind of situation for the rest of the season. Of course, the best part was seeing Ahmed Best re-enter the Star yeah. Wars conversation as his Jedi Temple Challenge character, Jedi Master Keller and Beck. <laughs> like, what a triumph. I was so excited. I screamed. I was like, ah! Jar Jar! <laughs> yeah. it, took me, it took me a couple of minutes to recognize him because at first, I honestly, like, I was watching mm-hmm. this episode. It was very dark. I texted yeah, you guys. Dark. I was on my tablet mm-hmm. when I had it. And I honestly thought for a brief second it was Sterling K. Brown. 
Mm. Which I, I want mean, him would have been amazing. I want him to play a different character. <laughs> yeah. And then but, I was like, no, mm. that's definitely not him. Wait, is that is that is that not my best? Yes. So yes. he came on the screen and I was like, wait, I know that face. Yes. I know that face. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him like, this guy rocks. And then we got to the credits and I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I and screamed immediately. Yeah. I was like, that is not my best. That is not my yeah. best. I am so fucking excited that he rescues Croak. <laughs> yeah. Amazing choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so you guys know I was happy. More creatures. Mm-hmm. I love the Kaijunists of this season. Mm-hmm. We've already gotten... Mm-hmm. Two of them, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a dragon statue, a child. That's uh, fantastic. Let's go. We got to see Order sixty six, which mm-hmm. always makes me sad. Happy, uh, you know, like you don't want to see it, but at the same time, like yeah, yeah, I want to see it. Like a little sick part of me is like, yeah, yeah. gun those Jedi down. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, we also saw several Mandos jetpacking around, being badasses, taking down a creature, like. Yeah, I really know. It's kind of... Were they really? Uh, if I'm they sorry. didn't have bow, it would have not happened. I'm yeah, sorry. These Mandos aren't that Hold great on. at their jobs. No. Hold <laughs> on. Bo and Din were badass. Paz Vizsla might have landed on his dick on that rock, but you know what? Like, Bo. I mean, it was his kid. Launch cable. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, Bo yeah. used her launch cable, got up into the creature's face, stabbed it a bunch of times, <laughs> and then Din shot ahead, shot a launcher, wrapped it around the creature's wings, and made it, like, falter mm-hmm. in the air. They're that is team. strategy, baby. Yeah. They were killing it. I, oh my god, I just love watching competent Mandos in action, a.k.a. Bo and Din. Yeah. Oh god. I, I, I mean, yeah, it was a connective episode, like you were saying, but... I don't care. I had so much fun. <laughs> like, it we got fun. great backstory for Grogu. We got to see a bunch of fun action. And you can tell that, like, in my mind, at least, I think that um, the the armor is too far gone in terms of, like, she really just thinks Mandalore is, like, it, we can't fun. go back. Yeah. And I think it's, she's going to be, need she needs to be convinced more of that. But I think she might be okay with leadership from from Bo, like if she can show proof that like, hey, there's a mythosaur there. Mm-hmm. If the mythosaur can live there, we can do this. But yeah, Anders, what what, what were your favorite moments? Uh, I mean, I I did really like this episode. It was pretty tight. It was pretty short. I I know we talked in like the first episode about how we're just like kind of willing to forgive some of the the goofiness of the puppetry. But I, I I do start to have some questions around, you know, using the puppet versus like augmenting it a little bit, augmenting it even with a little bit of CGI when it comes to things like speed. Because I feel like Gorgu in those flips was moving slow enough that that kid could have literally just like slowly reached up and snatched him out of the air. (laughs) Yeah. Like yeah. he's just not quite moving fast enough to make that work for me. Right. <laughs> um it's, it was adorable and it was goofy and it was fun, but yeah. you know. And I mean we got an answer. We got an answer about Grogu leaving the temple. Who the fuck got him out of the temple? I still have more questions, which is, you know, the way that good storytelling happens in this type of in this type of format. So that's fine. And but we got an answer. It's what we want it's what we wanted. Uh and then my main reaction, I mean, these Mandalorians just need to move. Like, mm. why are they still here? 
They, yeah. these, these creatures have taken multiple of them to the point where this is a pattern in terms of skill the, issue. We always skill issue. What are you, they have ships. They can move no, somewhere. Look, here, here's, here's what I'm saying. If you're not strong enough to not get eaten by a dragon or a <laughs> dinosaur turtle, then maybe you shouldn't be a Mandalorian. This is like they're all going to die. Then (laughs) this is like the span of less than a week. This is the way had his baptism interrupted by a dragon from the water. And then when he was trying to train, he had a other dinosaur capture him and digest him slowly over the course of like a day and a half only to be saying and then he's just like go back to training. Like, Why the, the frick fuck? are they in Jurassic Park right now? Here's the thing. <laughs> if it was any other group of people, I'd be like, get out of there. Move. Mm-hmm. These are Mandalorians. You are they kill really, that though? stuff. Are they really? That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You die proving you're a Mandalorian or you prove yourself a Mandalorian. That's why they're all dead, Daniel. <laughs> and you know what? And I will die with them. I'm about to die go put my helmet on. Never take it off. A this is the way. <laughs> I'm I'm part of the covert, honey. I mean, I know that they're kind of morons, but that's part of the point. I mean, um, this is we're starting too. to we're we're starting to cross a little bit into like we talked about this on our Return of the Jedi pod when like that's when the stormtroopers just became totally incompetent. Mm, yeah, like we're kind of moving into that cartoonish aspect here, and I get like. You know, you're trying to live in hiding, so you want to go to the last place anyone will look. There go are other Avalon. places. There's only there are spiders other places. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll move eventually because Bo's going to be like, "Bitch, why are you still here? We are moving." <laughs> I Bo's had a castle talk. until yeah, yesterday. I guarantee Bo's you, there are more. Talk some sense into them, hopefully. Um, Moving into like more favorite moments, I'm at best dual wielding lightsabers, oh, yes. absolutely the best part for me. Thank the gods they brought those baby dinos back, otherwise, I would have thrown hands. My yeah. immediate response to the mom getting eaten was, What about the babies? Are we just gonna leave the babies in the nest? Is this just are they just gonna die? Is that what no, we're doing? We're gonna keep them and have war beasts, we're gonna have war beasts that hopefully have armor <laughs> when they walked out of they little like little dinosaur walk out of the ship i was so excited just following the little meat skewer (laughs) someone get those pokemon some rare candy let's get them evolved and going they were adorable adorably ugly like like a what are those dogs the chinese crested dogs that are like adorably ugly (laughs) the little hairless things yeah Mm. mostly hairless except for like the little tuft of hair that that yeah those aren't adorably ugly those are just ugly those aren't dogs they're rats they're really cute but also really ugly (laughs) well they're Uh, nowhere near cute as that raptor because i loved that design i thought that raptor was so cool i'm so glad they saved the babies because war beast let's go utilize them for war terrorize people with those Mm -hmm. uh i'm feeling all the mandalorian like war (laughs) today so like let's let's go um, I mean, I love the chase when Ragnar and Paz were in the creature's claws and mouth like that. That was probably my favorite moment of the episode, because, I mean, look, everything to do with the Order 66 was the best emotionally part of that moment of that episode. That chase sequence, though, highly satisfying to watch. Nearly like, the just... death of Clan Vizsla, but that's fine. <laughs> well, you know what? Fine. You know what? Yeah. We Skill do issue. <laughs> skill issue if you're not good enough to be a mandalorian chop you're done honey 
What? Also, where's his mom? Like, where's Ragnar's mom? Just a question. Well, is he a biological child? Or is he a family child? Yeah, is he a bio, bio kid, or is he adopto kid? We don't know. (laughs) Helmet stays on during, I'm guessing? Sure, just no kissing. Yeah, just everything, everything but the helmet. (laughs) Gross. So then, like, the good part, you don't get... I don't know, that depends. Maybe Paz is pretty ugly. I don't know. Yeah, Paz, he could be uggo. He could be a really bad kisser. That would be fine if you left the helmet on, though. (laughs) I don't know. I I love that that shot of the foundling, of the quote-unquote foundling, the little Mm -hmm. baby raptors walking off the ship. It... Same with you guys. I was like, what about the babies? I had a flashback to one of the funniest episodes of South Park, The Woodland Mm. Critter Christmas. Yes. (laughs) When in the middle of this absolutely hysterical episode, Stan kills a mountain lion. And like the little babies walk out of the cave and they're like, wake up, mommy. Wake up. Oh, God. Colleen, have you not seen this? I have not seen this, and oh, I will have not. To... No, you absolutely. No, you absolutely. I promise you, oh, it has man. a happy ending. I promise you, I it has a happy ending. I promise you, it has a happy ending. It's one of the funniest episodes of TV that's ever been made. Hey, Stan, I'm enjoying a woodland creature. We still have our baby teeth and our baby claws and a dead mom. God, is it a Disney movie? It's South Park. <laughs> Oh, but then the babies were okay and i'm like okay it's fine <laughs> and then mention this during the recap the mandalorians ran out of fuel in their jetpacks and this is something i have been wondering for years because it has never happened before yep. <laughs> like we have seen in rebels a chase through canyons like yeah. up down side and i'm just like how did this jetpack is like this big how have they never run out of fuel before <laughs> And then the scene around the campfire where Bo is just like, so how do, if I can't take my helmet off, how do I eat? And the answer is, go find a shady corner and eat in shame. No, you don't eat alone. Don't look at a single hairline while you're doing you this. You can't sit with us. Yeah, Not with the helmet does. off. No, at least shout out to, uh, to Paz for being like, no, no, no. You stay here. You stay by the fire. Like, you've earned this. Like respect mm-hmm. my guy. It's like you're my yeah. girl. I love yeah. you. Don't tell the armor I said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right, then moving on into Easter eggs, connections, homages, and callbacks. Colleen, I know you were excited about these guys. I was really excited. They're so cute. The little crab <laughs> Not, only when they're tiny. Well, I mean, cute little tiny crab creatures. Yes. Yeah. So. Instead of training, Grogu was playing with these little cuties. Wikipedia is calling them stone crabs, which is adorable. They're similar to the Dokma creatures from Avalon, which was a planet in Rebels. This scene also plays with our expectations of Grogu doing the classic use the force to move rocks, like Yoda has done in the past, and Luke and Ray. He's not, he's just dicking around. <laughs> real <laughs> yeah it's also important to note that those dogma creatures from adelon are ginormous no they're not yeah. they're little the little guys not the crickness spiders the little oh not little. the correctness oh okay 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 my bad the thing the things that the uh, crickness spiders eat yes. <laughs> oh yes the little little scuttling guys <laughs> <laughs> so 
the raptor what a what a cool creature so we've got a note here saying could they have found a better name for them i personally love the name raptor though because that's a class of sick ass birds so i'm happy for it mm -hmm. uh and then their babies you know they're not the cutest little birds okay <laughs> the mom hacks up the food it feels a little bit bird-like from real life mm -hmm. um and then, unfortunately, Mama Dragon Raptor gets chomped by the Dino Turtle. Fantastic little Jurassic World uh, nod there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. The only reason I'm sad is, you know, it's like I'm sad to see a Dino Beast go. I love seeing giant dragons like that. But at least we got three more. Let's go. I can't wait for more <laughs> beasts to be grown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have it. So Din mentions he wasn't the one who talked Brobu, all those cool flippy, flippy moves. Nope, that was absolutely good old Luke Skywalker. You gotta kind of wonder if Bo knows about Luke and that's and that that's where Grogu was, or at least knows that Grogu is kind of like a Jedi. Have they talked about Ahsoka? Like both Bo and Din know her. Mm -hmm. Bo is the one who pointed Din towards her. So does she have suspicions about any involvement Ahsoka might have had in, in Grogu's training? Communication. Not big with the Mandalorian. Yeah. Not big in Star Wars in general. Not big yeah, in storytelling. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no. Communication kills plots. That's why they <laughs> never communicate until the very end. Speaking of no communication, eating with your helmets. We finally know how the Mandos manage to eat while not showing their faces to each other. This was rough. <laughs> they find little spots away from each other and eat like their little corners of shame. Like we said before, not exactly a fun family dinner. Poor Bo eats alone at the fire, having earned the right to be warm while she has her dinner. <laughs> like, yay, I guess. And when she takes her helmet off, she like looks around like, I'm used to having really fun like dinners with each other where we talk and talk strategy and just talk about each other's day. <laughs> these guys are no no it's just really sad just really sad solo dinners going on i mean you eat yeah. faster that way i don't know i guess i mean yeah mando chugged his pog soup really fast because <laughs> he didn't want to show Bo his face yeah all right next up we mentioned him we have keller and beck who is also known as the Sabered Hand. So this character oh, yeah. was originally created for the short-lived but somewhat fun kids game show Jedi Temple Challenge. I checked out the first like episode or two of this when it was on like YouTube. Mm -hmm. yeah. like I gotta say I thought the challenges were a little bit too hard and they went on for too long. Yeah. <laughs> it it didn't was quite, cute, but... They didn't quite find the rhythm. Mm -hmm. But they Ahmed Best was chosen to play this Jedi Master for the show where he was training the new Jedi. He was stationed on the ship Athelia, and he had two droid companions, 83 and LXR5. His role was described as the sort of, quote-unquote, like, dean of the Jedi Temple, charged with the education and training of the younglings, which also makes it make sense that he might be the one to kind of, like, be in charge of Grogu. Yeah. So Best is more well-known, though, for playing Jar Jar Binks. In the prequel trilogy, mostly Phantom Menace, because they kind of cut him out of the other yeah. two movies. Yeah. Yeah. And he was one of the very first people to do a full, like, motion capture character for a full length feature film. 
And, you know, we talked about this on our Phantom Menace pod way back when. He received such harsh feedback from fans. The character received such a backlash, death threats, Mm -hmm. everything. No one seemed to like Jar Jar. I still maintain I never thought Jar Jar was that bad. I can recognize the somewhat racist caricature-ness of the behavior and the dialogue, but that's nothing for Ahmed to worry about. Right, no. it should never to be the point where he contemplated where he contemplated suicide at yeah. one point. Yeah. So, bringing him back to be Kelleran, not only in Temple Challenge, but now, um, bringing him into the Mandalorian, saving Grogu, giving him this kind of very integral role mm-hmm. and a very yeah. triumphant return. So many fans have been so welcoming and so like excited about this. Mm-hmm. Guys, we got. We got Hayden. We got Ahmed. Yeah. We just gotta. We just gotta make things right with Jake Lloyd. <laughs> and number, and number I know. Oh, I know. Jake God. Lloyd needs to play somebody. He, I think I, I, I Jake think, Lloyd needs to be given his space. I was gonna say it might actually be better for him to like have his space and not yeah, return. Yeah. Like that might be better for him. But whatever makes him better. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the all the best to him. Hopefully yes. he's yeah. in a good place. But for Ahmed to come back in this way was just really joyous. Interesting to note, his mm-hmm. lightsaber color was purple uh, mm-hmm. in Temple Challenge as an homage to Mace Windu. But here he has the uh, he's dual wielding the green and blue. So mm-hmm. maybe he just picked them up. You never know. We saw they him pick pro- up the blue one. Uh, so yeah. I'm assuming he's yeah. like, picked them up. I'm assuming the he picked them up. I'm assuming they thought out. they probably thought if he wielded a purple one, people would just think it was yeah, Mace Windu. They think he was Mace. He dropped so. it. Shocking. A Jedi drops his lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Only one's going to kill him. Oh, man. He's so mad. <laughs> Ahmed Best also played a background character in Attack of the Clones, besides Jar Jar, who was in a couple scenes. He claimed the character, whose name is Ak Medbeck, is related to Keller and Beck, but there is no canonical source for this claim. But if he said it, I'm going to believe him. That's fine. That works. Yeah. So the clone troopers that attack Beck and Grogu are from the 501st. Uh, we know, you know, we can tell from the blue armor. That's Anakin's uh, troopers that are under his direct command, both during the Clone Wars and during the Jedi Temple raid. And Tamora Morrison was back to voice all the clones. That was great. That was a great little detail. It was really yeah. cool. That's the attention to detail we need. Like, Freaking Ragnar should have been slimy when he was barfed out of a freaking. He should have been dead. Yeah, or he should, he should have, been, have dead. been dead. We know. And give us a quick like thirty seconds where they say like, yeah. "Oh, we know the child will not be dead based on previous patterns." I know they said that it's happened before, but yeah, flush it out a little yeah, bit. Where that kid's it, not it sounds dead. like that they haven't yeah. managed to recover a kid before. Now I can some yeah, right. I can somewhat make allowances. Actually, the more I think about it, like like Boba survived in the Sarlacc pit. Right, but he still came out of that Sarlacc pit looking like Burned. shit. Looking like shit, and he had full armor on. This kid just had the helmet. Right. Yeah. And he looked fine. He wasn't slimy. There was like nothing going on. I don't know. This like, kid needs a lot of therapy, a lot of trauma therapy. That's fair. I mean, Paz Fizzla is his father. Or he just needs to get good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He could just get good at his job. Daniel's yeah. hot take this entire episode. 
get good Mandalorian or die. <laughs> Skill so, up or die. All right. So during that chasing through Coruscant, we do get another appearance from Mount Umate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes an appearance. Pershing tried to touch it last episode and Kelleran straight up almost runs into it during his escape from these clone <laughs> troopers. Bo also talks about the peaks of Camarag. Uh, which are on Mandalore. She's really just showing off what a great Mandalorian she is. The peaks are mentioned in the Legends canon novel, Republic Commando, True Colors. Mm-hmm. We Part also of the see Mandalorian series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also see Naboo security forces. So these guys were the ones waiting on the platform for Beck with the Naboo cruiser. Uh, we don't know who sent them, but the two most likely options are either Padme or Jar Jar. Padme I got saw about the those. temple. Yes, we, we definitely have thoughts about those. So Padme saw the temple burning from her apartment, so she knew something bad was happening, but I assume she just stood there crying because they did her dirty in that movie. Yeah, um, for real. Yeah, perhaps Jar Jar saw the chaos as to die as well. from being sad. Yeah, she's lost the will to live. Which is Bitch, what? Um, yeah, so the subtitled uh, the subtitles listed one of the men as a Senate captain guard, so that makes sense that it's most likely Jar Jar. You know, that would be nice. Give him a little redemption as well. So then Jar Jar double saves Grogu because I'm at right. best. Right. <laughs> Place both characters that would have saved Grogu. <laughs> Amazing. No notes. <laughs> I don't know if it's either of those two. Um, Padme does seem unlikely because she was a fucking mess during yeah. this. Mm. If she wasn't a mess in the third movie, that would be great where she was like, oh, immediately go send my ship over there to help them. Yeah. That's the Padme that we know and love, yes. but because Instead they, they made her into but like that's a, a but here's mess. the thing though, and I mean this is getting on like this is stepping on like predictions and theories or whatnot. Mm. But it they were waiting for they didn't like go to the temple. They were right, waiting and yeah. far enough away for there to be a chase scene. This isn't right. like they were when Bail like Organa showed up apartment showed up at the front door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean I mean, similar to, you know, it doesn't really make sense that it would have been Padme who arranged this, but the thing that would be cool, even though I can't quite make sense of it, is would be if like the handmaids were involved. Yeah. yeah. I would love like, Love it. Like we know at that point that Sabe, aka Kira Knightley, the main decoy from Phantom Menace, is trying Mm -hmm. to like free slaves on Tatooine. Tatooine. The handmaids are very well skilled in espionage. So if they Mm -hmm. knew something was going on, if they figured if they figured something out, at least one of them, I don't know if I forget if all of them knew about Anakin and Padme. A lot lot of them would have known. They 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 kind of finally figured it out or they at the very least figured out that she had a man mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah they knew she had a man they were like girl you're acting a fool yeah you there's gotta acting... be a man <laughs> guys if kira knightley showed up on my uh, star wars television mm-hmm. screen mm-hmm. the gay scream i would let out <laughs> <laughs> especially if she got to act with hayden yeah who in the um, comics does meet her Right, they do team up to figure out, like, kind of what happened to Padme and the babies and such, which is kind of why I think, like, maybe they're somehow involved in this. Mm -hmm. But I would be really cool. I would love to see a handmade show. I think that would be awesome. Handmade Academy. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Sign me, sign me the fuck up. Natalie Portman, I don't care if you're too old to play Padme at that age. Just, like, come on. Just come on in. 
Speaking of Padme, the ship that is waiting for Keller and Beck is an H-type Nubian Naboo yacht, which is painted that metallic silver, which some sources say is for either royalty, former royalty, or Senate only. Like, you're only allowed to have that color ship if you're a certain kind of person from Naboo. This Which is, is basically same... everything Padme was. So whenever yes. she had a new title and a new ship, they were like, and that, yeah. and that, yep. and that. Yep. That metallic, beautiful silver color. This is the same kind of ship that Padme and Anakin use when they are undercover as refugees. <laughs> no, this is after this is after the refugee point. I this know. When they but go to still, you're still not supposed to be driving the ship that points out that you're former royalty slash the Senate. <laughs> Oh man! <sighs> wild, so wild shit. But the ship looks great. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna escape Coruscant, do it in a yacht. Yeah. So we get mention of the Shriekhawk training team. Uh, Paz brings them along when they're rescuing Ragnar. So a Shriekhawk was a species of raptor, not the dinosaur, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, they are from Mandalore. They are unfortunately now extinct. So R.I.P. Shriekhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the symbol of Death Watch. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so the children of the watch are still using this older symbol of death watch to mm. denote their military group everything's fine, <laughs> everything's fine. you know what, colleen it's not that bad but we used to do it all the time yeah so here we have kind of a double homage bokatan mentions we talked about the mountain earlier and how when she was young her father had her climb it as you know part of her training and that's when all the mandalorians like cool we're gonna use the grappling hooks and not climb it with our bare hands because that's psychotic yeah uh this kind of what (laughs) boat this kind of pays lip service to luke's famous line in a new hope about how the death star shot isn't impossible you know it's not that bad i used to bullseye small animals for fun back on tatooine (laughs) No more than like two meters. (laughs) Yeah, no more than two meters. Uh, And then, but also in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, we get an insight into some of the training that a galactic royal like Leia or Bo coming from a royal house might go through to kind of Mm -hmm. prove that they're worthy of being a member of this ruling household. In Leia's case, she had to climb a mountain just like Bo with her bare hands when she was like 12. Yep. So did her (laughs) mother, Breha, which is how she lost her basic her organs in her chest so she's got like a a system in her chest that keeps her alive leia's she's mother, a cyborg basically a cyborg she's a cyborg a oh very, my god a she very just hot cyborg up in my ranks of awesome yeah brea organa yeah, you do not want to fucking mess with her she is a beast yeah, if you want to take her out you gotta reason. kind of shoot down our whole planet you really yeah do. that's you the actual the reason thing. that the death star was used because they're like oh there's a fucking cyborg on that planet we're not dealing with that again and it's kind of funny on alderaan the ruling class the like the the rulers of alderaan are women so it's like the only one badass enough to be the ruler of alderaan is a woman and she has to climb a mountain and prove her physical prowess and cleverness and a man can't do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. Okay, Themyscira, nope. work. <laughs> That's why Bale is her consort, basically. Like, the the crown prince. <laughs> That's my little harem piece over there. That's right. 
Mm. Get over here, Jimmy Smith, with your little cute ass. <laughs> Good job, Brea. Because that's how Brea <laughs> talked to him. <laughs> All right. I hope so. <laughs> Moving on into some other discussion points. Colleen, mm-hmm. titles, titles, titles. What's going on with uh, this episode's title? I love a title, especially when they have multiple meanings. Yeah. This title, The Foundling, could refer to multiple characters within the episode. Grogu, of course, and Ragnar are obviously foundlings, even though Ragnar being the child of Paz, bio, or adopted. Is he really a foundling? We don't know. But I like the idea that Bo is actually the foundling, the contender, the top contender for the title of the foundling in this. She joins the Cobra because she needs their camaraderie and protection, just like a child foundling would need. She's learning their ways. You know, she's got to learn. She walks around while they're doing their training, being like, why the fuck are you shooting into that lake? But okay, I'm going to roll with it. And but also, Space West Virginia, quickly. she wants to do that, too. I mean... <laughs> that looks very fun. I don't think she would shoot into a lake. But Hell yeah, brother, let's go out there, go shoot some guns into the lake. Yeah, she'd be cool with, like, doing some training. Like, some much better training, I think. You could tell when she was walking around, she's like a drill sergeant in training. And she's would looking she around, be like... The, would she be the Arya Stark or the Brienne of Tarth? Mm. I think <laughs> she's more of an Arya just because of her personality. <laughs> yeah. But um, maybe a mixture of both. She has like the bravado of Arya and the skill set of Brienne. Plus, she's more of a leader. Like, mm-hmm. she's naturally more of a leader than Brienne is. Brienne is a leader, but she doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. She just has these people that follow her. Whereas Bo, people follow her because not only her title, but she's actually capable. Like the covert gets behind her real fast. Yeah. They're like, how high? Oh my gosh, Bo, yeah, lead us, please. I mean, it helps that she just (laughs) says things that make sense. Like, and she does things that make sense. And it's like, oh, you're competent. (laughs) We like that. Exactly. Like the armor is competent at some things not competent at military leadership yeah not at all okay so my question was why do you guys think Bo told the armorer about the mythosaur because it seemed to me like she was looking for a sounding board because she sounded very needful like she needed somebody to hear this she needed to tell somebody I don't know why she fucking told the armorer, but here we are. <laughs> like, why do you guys think she told her? Because this is not someone that Bo should trust. I don't know. Because it, I mean, it, she's had a little bit of time for it to settle in. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's weird. It, it was it a get, weird choice. It, it gets to whether or not you think Bo, it, Bo is playing some kind of long game. Like, is she telling the armor of this to kind of test her out and, like, see what buttons she can push? Because Bo has been, if not in this version of Death Watch before, she's been a member of Death Watch. She kind of knows, she knows a lot of their ways. Mm-hmm. But she's also had, we had that moment at the end of last episode where everyone kind of puts their hands on her and you can tell she's kind of conflicted. Like, I've missed this type of camaraderie. Is she starting to melt a little bit Hmm. and trust someone that she shouldn't? The cult leader. Well, I think, I think it is something worth remembering that like 
this is not necessarily Death Watch. Death right. Watch was a hyper violent terrorist organization intent on making them warlike all over again and like spreading through violence again. The children of the watch just kind of want to live by their old ways and, you know, live off on their own. I children of the watch seem like a kind of healthier death watch to me. I ah, think she's a healthy cult. <laughs> healthy cult. Well, here's the thing. Death watch was I able think... to take their helmets off. Death Watch was. I, I'm not saying that, but I mean, Death Watch also wanted no, Daniel, to No, you're murder. saying that. You're making that take right now. Death Watch also <laughs> wanted to murder Satine, and Bo was like, hell yeah, while she was in Death Watch. No, no one in Children of the shit. Watch... Yeah, <laughs> no one in Children of the Watch said Din had to die when he was an apostate. He just had to go I mean, fuck Paz off for a bit until he found some... Well, Paz wasn't in charge, though, was he? <laughs> Paz was an idiot. <laughs> the armor feels like a spiritual leader, but not a full leader of the community. So, like, the forge is obviously very symbolic. Her being able to be the one using it, it you know, she says it it shapes all power. of us. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think the armor is open to Bo joining and being in there because if Bo-Katan is, you know... If she trusts the armor, if she is fighting for that group, that only helps the armor. But like, is it, she interested in Bo being a leader? But that's the thing. The, the armor, I don't think, is a full leader of the community. She probably wants someone as competent as Bo in there. Thank Having you. a religious and a like military leader like that? Mm. Last kind of... of Us vibes right now, Daniel. <laughs> the armor is not slapping a child. No. Not yet. I mean, yes. many children have been carried off by this raptor creature. Yeah, but they should have gotten good. <laughs> they are Sanders, being slapped Sanders. by their teachers, what is, though. So my question is like, what is the armor's end game here? Like, right. it, for for the know. long for the longest time, like, what is her actual goal? We don't know. We don't know. Like, don't know. For, it seems to have been survival, and the archetype of this character would have been like she is basically attempting to hold on to her own little bit of power in her own little bit of fiefdom. Mm -hmm. Maybe she thinks she should conquer the galaxy. I don't know. That's that's generally where this type of character would be going. But the fact that she's just like so flat and she seems to be open to Bo, like in any other show, they'd be setting up a rivalry. Yes. But they don't really seem to be doing that. So either she's going to make a heel turn or she's just an actual true believer yeah. who's willing so, to kind of roll with it. Here's what I'm thinking. I think she honestly believes Mandalore is lost mm -hmm. and them bringing back the living waters is the first sign for her that, oh, maybe there is a little bit more. And then now Bose is bringing up, hey, what if I told you I saw a mythosaur in the <laughs> living waters? I think what's going to happen is they're going to keep having bits of proof that show like Mandalore's not as far gone as we thought. And I, I think the armor is going to want to go back to Mandalore after she gets enough proof. And I think the issue is going to be who, like, I think the armor is not going to be too upset about Bo trying to like become a leader in the covert. It's a matter of who becomes leader when the armor herself realizes Mandalore is still viable. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And I think that's where it's going to get messy. And if the armor is, has power of a bow. Yeah. And so. does she have power over the Mandalorians that come back to uh to Mandalore? Right. Like who are they? Then it would just make two more with? factions. Yeah. Yeah. And Bo doesn't want that faction anymore, no. like infighting anymore. So no two parties. Will system. she side will she side with the armor? Mm. Like I'm just I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah. The politics of this is very interesting, especially with two strong female leads. Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy. I mean, yeah, Din's just fucking off around with the Darksaber, but he doesn't matter really (laughs) in the concept of the leadership of the Mandalorians. It's going to end up being Bo versus the armor. Like hearts and minds. Who can win both? Or if they're willing to share power, which... And the question is, is who is Din going to be a general for? Because, like, right. I feel like he's going to be... Battle for Din's soul. <laughs> yeah, like, is he going to go with Bo, or is he going to go with the armor? And also, how did Grogu get from Beck's care? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Guys, what is going to happen to Beck? Mm. Keller and Beck, we love him. He was so badass. Mm. But it feels like things are going to end in tragedy a little bit there. What? You know, a lot of... In Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Tragedy. I mean, obviously, a lot of time has passed between when Kelleran saves him to yeah. when Mando finds him in season one. So, like, there's still a big time gap there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Naboo involved? Like, we all are under the impression that Naboo's probably involved with the initial, you know, saving him. How long is he there, though? I'm wondering. Like, right. Where, how long does Kelleran have him, basically? Yeah. And, and at what point is he captured? That's a question. Like we still don't know. Was he actually captured? Right. Yeah. In were they the his open, guardians? In season one, were they his guardians who were just hiding him? Is Naboo still involved at that point? I mean, my one other theory that I texted you guys that would just be like really, really juicy to to dive into. So they were the Senate guard for Naboo. You know who used to be a senator from Naboo and still has plenty of contacts on that planet. Our man Palpy, if he was like wild. burn the Jedi Temple but save the baby. Yeah, this one <laughs> he's baby. playing like forty chess squared. That's a lot of chess to be playing. Yeah, that's a lot of things. But that, that would be is really a little too insane for to get that set up. Yeah, I mean, if he was like, I can kind of see it if he was manipulating Jar Jar to be yeah. like me should have something ready in case some of the baby jedi escape because he wants to appear like a benevolent yes emperor slash chancellor and be like i want to give the young jedi a chance because they're young and they don't they don't know and jar jar's like oh yeah sure fuck i'll send my yacht (laughs) my friend please go park your shiny yacht on that (laughs) random parking spot in the middle of nowhere and wait Don't for ask the baby. me why. <laughs> when you see a cute baby, then you can go. Daniel, that was that was amazing. Daniel, your impressions <laughs> the last few weeks have just been phenomenal. Yeah. On point. Fantastic. When, <laughs> when when like you can feel it, there's a moment like when you're about to do an impression where you're like, oh, okay, I can feel the vocal register right there. And then it comes out and you're like, fuck yes. <laughs> like I did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
now that we're done with our little discussion points and the palpy question will always be interesting to us, we are moving into our final questions and predictions for this episode and the season moving forward. We are halfway through the season. No idea where oh we're going to go next, except for Mando's jumping out of a dropship. Like, we really don't know why they're doing that or where we're going. I feel like there's so much to cover with Bo and her relationship with the covert and with Din. She shows her leadership skills a lot in this episode, reluctant or just, she just steps into that role instantly. Like she flies yeah. the ship immediately to go chase after the Raptor and Ragnar. And the other Mandos, they follow her without mm-hmm. question. They see her, whether she's a Kreez or whether she was a former Death Watch member. And they're like, yes, authority. I will listen to her. Not None of them say a word against her. Absolutely none of them. They're just, they are in a power vacuum of sorts. Like, yes, the armor is their leader. But Bo is a different kind of leader. She's like a Mandalorian leader. It would be like if Ursa Wren or Sabine showed up and yeah. just stepped into this role of being the powerful person there. And the armor allows it. But it feels like there's something else going on, like something deeply going on. The armorer talks to Grogu and is trying to dredge up all of his trauma. And it's like, are you Grogu's therapist? Like, his father's not there. I don't know if this is acceptable, whether you're supposed to be doing this while Din's not there. It felt a little squirmy to me, where she's like, oh, you're too young to go along. Let me make you this piece of armor and make you slightly indebted to me. And then See, also open your I did wound. not have that reaction at all. Oh, I, I felt very creeped out. I was like... Mm-hmm. It felt like she was giving him like a lesson on Mandalorian culture. Like, look, this is like, oh, yeah, why the Forge is... Yeah, she's like, this is why the yes. Forge is so important to us. And this is what it means to us culturally. Like, it was yes. a big but it's deal. it's also a symbol that draws them in... Yeah, and maybe but I mean, like, let them go. You, but she you gave do him all this mudhorn. work. To, yeah, she gave him the clan mudhorn. Yeah, because it's the mudhorn mm-hmm. too. I don't know. Like I, also I, we know. I like we're... I, I know. I know we don't want any harm to come to Grogu, and ultimately yeah, yeah. it won't. He's getting shot in that chest plate, right? Oh, for oh, sure. Seasons out, yeah. he's absolutely getting shot right there for sure. Like 100%. you don't put, yeah, yeah. The Rondel is Rudinger's Rondel. Yeah. Um. So. I, I, I'm of the mind that I think we might be we, we're looking at the armor with all this distrust but I don't know I feel like she's just fulfilling a cultural role and for us it feels weird but I think she's just I being just don't like her <laughs> I don't like religious I, leaders really in general as a recovering Catholic I have a major distrust she played, she played uh, the embodiment of darkness and evil on Supernatural for yes, several yes, she seasons, was the darkness. So. Emily Swallow, amazing. She is fantastic. Look. I hope we get to see her face at some point. That would be great. Oh God, she takes yeah. her helmet off. Oh my God, oh, that would oh that amazing. would be great. I'm ready. So, I love Emily Swallow. Colleen, I am totally with you as a little gay boy that grew up in the Catholic Church. Absolutely, <laughs> religious uh-huh. leaders freak me out, but. Mm-hmm. There's something compelling about the armor where oh, I'm she's almost very like compelling. She's mm-hmm. she's very compelling. And I'm I would love a bait and switch where we're all feeling like, oh, I can't trust her, I can't trust her. And it turns out like no, and she's she just trying to that. ride for the Mandalorians this whole time. Like that's what's is most important to her. 
And I think it would be amazing if she like if she steps aside because she sees that there's a more capable leader and that's what mm-hmm. would be best for her people. Like, I would love to see that from her. Yes. I, or is that what we're going to see? I don't know. But there's a little sliver of me that like actually believes that she holds this stuff dear to her. I think she holds it dear to her, but I think she also uses it as a cudgel to keep people I, under her control. Yeah. Like, this I just is hope she's willing to walk the shit going on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I've been I watching want to Yellow Jackets her. too much because I see a lot of Lottie in her. Did you watch the first episode of season two yet? Not yet. I will be oh. watching that tonight. <laughs> I will be I will waiting be for that, that season to finish, and then <gasps> I will be finding a uh, way to get a free uh, trial yeah. for Showtime because oh, sure. I want to watch Yellow Jackets. Showtime or it's Paramount so Plus. Yeah, Paramount. Your two I have Paramount Plus. But you have to have the Showtime Plus. It's an ad. Yeah, but I swear to Daniel, it's like two bucks to add Showtime. And then I found out. it's not too much. And then after I upgraded to that, I found out to upgrade from Paramount Plus with Showtime and commercials to the premium with no commercials Mm -hmm. and where you can download was zero price difference. There you go. Oh, what? We just need to watch Yellow Jackets. I mean, that, okay, that so I might need to go back to that. <laughs> yeah, check out check out what you're paying and see what the tier prices are because oh, yeah. worth it. Okay, my last <laughs> question: Will we see Alaya again this season, or was that a one episode thing? I hope we see more of her. I still hope Thrawn is not quite involved, unless it's like tangentially involved. Yeah, I yeah. we definitely. I'd well love to her. see her again. I want to see her. I want that to tie back into what we're doing. Yeah, same. Um, and she's the most direct line to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anders, how about you? Questions, predictions, lingering resentment? I mean, so we talked about we talked about uh, my palpy theory, my handmaid's theory mm-hmm. with, with mm-hmm. Grogu and everything. So next week is the Peter Ramsey episode. Yes. Peter Ramsey is best known as one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which yes. just shows he yeah. can do really, really cool shit. Trippy shit. Um, he also directed on the he directed four episodes of Lost Ollie on Netflix, which was a live action show with animated components like mm-hmm. motion capture type puppet characters. Yeah. So that kind of fits right into this whole Star Wars feel. Everything yeah. else he's done has basically been animation. So I'm yeah. really just interested to see what he brings. His nice. eye. His eye will be different. Like his visual yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. But yeah, we've got him. Then we've got the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Yes. And then yes. Rick comes back and does the final two episodes. Yeah. So. yeah. Yay. Eight episodes feel so short, especially since we're getting 16 for a Bad Batch. Yeah. But the talent involved with this season of Mando is just insane. Yeah. And I'm ready for them to just hit it out of the park with the end of this season, the back half. I'm yeah. ready. I kind of want the I want the back half. My my hope for the back half of the season is that it kind of just like punches forward and we move yeah. through some plot. Same. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that this Mandalorian, uh, you know, very centric part of the plot is gonna span for over into season four. Like I don't think it, it's all gonna get resolved. Like I don't think we're gonna neatly tie up that bow by the end of this season. I, I feel like we're kind of setting up for maybe a larger conflict. Plus, we've got hint that there is a large imperial force kind of hanging out in the background 
we find that out in the same episode that Alaya is uh, brought back into the fold. She's the perfect way. I mean, she's obviously got to be working for that large uh, Imperial warlord. I would love to see her come back in, mm-hmm. introduce more of that Imperial plot line. Um, with how well things were started off the season, I kind of have the feeling that we're going to end on a downer note of season three, and then season four will kind of pick back up again and and follow us through with this, yeah. you know, Mandalorian <laughs> revival plot. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, but just the way this is going, like, oh, I feel like this is going to end badly. Things are going well enough for the covert, minus, you know, children being kidnapped <laughs> all the time. But again, get good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like things are going to go bad soon. Shocking. Star yeah, Wars? in a good way. Trauma? In a fun, good way. <laughs> yes, it will be an enjoyable way where we will be cringing as we watch, but also enthralled as yeah. we watch. All right, unless you guys have any other thoughts or questions, I think we are done for today. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. You know, leave us some comments. We will answer you. (laughs) Follow us wherever (laughs) you're getting your podcast. Hit that follow button. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films, including the prequel trilogy, which we talked about a lot today, and other great Star Wars content. Check out all of the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders, me, and Daniel guest starring on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. You can find my Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And, you know, join us next time. We will have episodes for Mando again. And then we're also going to be doing Bad Batch. Yes. So close to the end of Bad Batch season gonna two. going to be so good. Insane. The back half of Bad Batch season two has been crazy. Yes. And we are going to be doing an episode very soon on the penultimate episodes before the two-part ender. Until then, gentle listeners, remember... Don't run out of jetpack fuel when chasing a giant flying dinosaur. Oh, man, it always gets away. Let's keep doing the same thing every time our children get stolen. I don't know, maybe give the child a big knife to stab the bird with. And if you get dropped, you know, maybe you should have a baby jetpack. And if you don't have a baby jetpack, maybe you should have been better. I don't know, kid. Maybe Sorry, I don't know. Get good. Yeah. Just get good. That Be is better a Mandalorians. For the end of this episode. Just get good. good. I'm only okay <laughs> with children dying if they're Mandalorian children not good enough. <laughs> and on that note, bye. <laughs> bye everyone. <laughs>